This week on the I Love Funny Women podcast. So I can tell you that there's a dragon in my bed. I can tell you I want cheese. <laughs> I can tell you I want you to eat me slowly. My girlfriend was just over and she said, um, why do you have this much cheese? When I'm in Texas, all I'm doing is looking for Bucky's. Yes. I want my hot dogs and I want my fudge <laughs> and my ginormous drink and maybe some beaver nuggets. Bye-bye. Welcome to the I Love Funny Women podcast with your host, Dina Nina. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I am Dina Nina. And I'm Lalita D. Hi, Lalita. Hi, Dina. I don't know why I have to say that and then giggle every week, but <laughs> how's your week going? <sighs> oh, same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going, I just really, I'm struggling with like, you know, are we out there? Are we not out there? Are we masking? Are we not masking? Are, do we want to be inside? Do we not want to be inside? And there's just too many people. I like, I just, I don't know. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Which means that very few people are coming out to our shows that are relied on for money. But but, but awesome. Um, I did go to uh, the small town in Wisconsin to to do an errand for someone and I was like walked in and they all turned around and looked at me when my. I walked in with a mask on oh my god <laughs> and I was like oh, okay so here's your here's your product I'm leaving <laughs> it would be the opposite here in the Bay Area if you walked in indoors without a mask I think it's still like you're supposed to wear a mask but also people are pretty good around here yeah well same same year in Madison, but mm. yeah. So I um I heard a salsa yesterday, and it's the salsa version of Kelly Rowland's and Nelly's um, dilemma. You know, oh. that's, that's my like. Da -da -na 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 -na. Even when I'm with my boo, all I can think about is you. Oh, fun. <laughs> and I love that song so much. Uh, and uh, now I have a salsa version of it, which I also really love. So I'm very happy. That's amazing. Well, on my journey to the middle of nowhere in Wisconsin, I learned that 90% of the Cocteau Twins lyrics that I thought I knew uh -huh. were completely wrong. <laughs> But I also learned where a lot of the the vocal stylings of the 90s came from. So that was kind of awesome anyway. Well, we'll be talking about the 90s later in the show. So this is a said, Dina. And speaking of which, do you know what I want? <laughs> what do you really, really want? I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to really, really, really want to hear from you. Go on over to Instagram and send us a video tag at I Love Funny Women with the hashtag Hey Dina, and you may make it on the podcast or even on the YouTube. <laughs> and what I really, really want is that all our lovely listeners out there, please go over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and leave us a five-star rating. It takes literally one second and it helps us so much. Thank you. Thank you. And share the podcast, you know, share a post, share the podcast on your social media to all your friends, you know, send it to your grandma. I'm sure she would appreciate it. Send it to all your your um, Republican friends. 
We love to hear from Republicans. All the time. <laughs> hey, this is Door Girl Greg. Thank you for listening to the I Love Funny Women podcast. If you haven't by now, you should really go to the socials and check out at I Love Funny Women on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube because really, what else are you going to do? And here's what's happening in the news. Iceland is making history. <clears throat> history. It has elected the first parliament in Europe to have a majority female representation. Whoa. 52% of the coming session will have a more likely chance of getting shit done, you know? <laughs> With synced cycles, we expect that Iceland will become the epicenter of functionality, efficiency, compassion, and will contribute 82% of their GDP to providing skinny girl margs to the entire of the EU. <laughs> And remove sales tax on chocolate for one week a month. Oh, and a monthly case of blush wine to all residents as a mental health initiative. <laughs> and staying with world politics, our favorite topic, not. As we are recording, the Social Democrats in Germany are edging ahead in the national elections. The German Social Democrats are not to be confused with the German National Socialists, more commonly known as the Nazis. Is that a terrible? Is that a terrible joke? It's only a terrible joke because they've all migrated to the U.S. Ah, Argentina, I thought. Okay, moving on. Uh, but the lefties are winning in Germany, which makes the country one of the very few in the entire fucking world where progressive politics can still win. The irony is painful, unleashing in Germany a new wave of what is popularly known as Schadenfreude. <laughs> They're like. We are better than you, yeah? <laughs> my God, they are. Oh, my God. <laughs> Germany being on the right side of history makes me feel the same way as when Trump would say something marginally reasonable, which <laughs> fortunately did not happen very often. Not often at all. <laughs> <laughs> A distillery in California is taking the phrase, when life gives you lemons and make lemonade, to its logical boozy conclusion by turning fire-damaged grapes into vodka. Mm. I cannot think of a better use of burnt grapes, even though I am at almost two months of no alcohol. Mm, that's amazing. Yeah, and the fact that I keep talking about it does seem to suggest it was necessary. In any case, I will not be partaking of the Crimson Wine Group's latest product, but you surely can and should. Yes, this part of the podcast was not, though clearly should have been, sponsored by Crimson Wine Group. <laughs> As I, too, am still talking about alcohol after about three years of being mostly alcohol-free. So, uh... Mm. <laughs> yeah, we are really the most boring people at a party now. Are oh, you having a drink? Guess how long I haven't had a drink. Oh, I can feel the weather changing in my elbow. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say weather change? Is this this climate change thing people keep talking about on the interwebs? Uh, speaking of old and passe things, Melanie Chisholm, <laughs> also known as Mel C, also known as Sporty Spice from the Spice Girls, has become part of a legal challenge to media mogul Rupert Murdoch over illegal voicemail interception in the 1990s. This is how some of the Spice Girls try to remain in the limelight. I'm sorry, but who could possibly be interested in those voicemails? Terrible British accent alert. Hi, it's Mel B here. Can I tell you what I really, really want? 
Hi, it's Victoria. I am thinking of marrying David Beckham, but I'm just not sure if he's famous enough. Call me back. Hi, it's Emma. I'm excited to be part of the group, but I can't actually sing. Will it be an issue? Talk soon. Hi, it's Jerry. I think I have a rash. <laughs> okay, maybe those voicemails could be good. I don't know. <laughs> and I love the Spice Girls always forever in my heart. Always forever. I'm sorry I was mean about them. I love you guys. Just a quick reminder that the Women's March is Saturday, October 2nd, because My Body, My Choice has been co-opted by the anti-maskers, and we really, really want to get our point across that a mask is just as valuable as a condom or an abortion mm -hmm. at keeping stupid fucks away from, well, me. And me. Yeah. Find out where the nearest march near you is at womensmarch.com. And that's all the time we have for the news this week. Have you heard about it? Have you experienced it? The I Love Funny Women podcast with your host, Dina Nina. I had an amazing chat with this week's guest. She's been on Dead to Me, and you can see her right now on American Horror Story. Oh my God, it's so good. And please welcome the incredible Jen Kober. Oh, Jen Cover, I'm so happy to see you. It has been an age and a half. Has it? It has, <laughs> at least. At least that. Um, and congratulations on everything that's happening. I I was so excited to see you on American Horror Story, first of all. And I was you know, like I I was excited too. Um I I really thought I was gonna get cut out. So when I saw my little name in the opening credits, I was super excited. Um, but then of course all of my lines were cut. <laughs> I'm basically an extra with like four things to say. And I had scenes. Your face is right there in the big on it. Like I was just like, Thank Yes, you. that's her face. That's, that's her right. Face. But it was a really great experience because I got I did most of my taping uh in scenes with Finn Whitrock and Macaulay Culkin mm -hmm. and Evan mm -hmm. Peters, Francis Conroy. So it was a really great experience. You've been doing comedy for like so long and Since I'm God was a boy. Since it was God a was long a time. It was a long time. I started when I was 16 though. That's what happened. Mm. I started very young. Uh you know that was at least four years ago. Four years, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> um oh yeah i started i started really young i was very lucky that um as much as i do not enjoy my mother what she did when i was that age was harness that energy that like yeah on all the time kind of waka waka energy that i had and she put me into things that would harness that. She put me into drama classes. She put me into speech and debate classes. She made sure that I, you know, got to do the thing that made me happy. So yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll give her a small pat on the back for that. That's amazing. Cause my parents were like, we don't know what we're going to do with this child. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how this they are. Child. <laughs> Once I came out, it was a different ball game. But when I was younger and had all this energy mm -hmm. and all of that, it, you know, they really did um, recognize that mm -hmm. I had something that other children didn't have and then took that and, and mm -hmm. harnessed the energy in the right way. I mean, I could have been a terrible, I could have been like really, I, 
I was an instigator. I was a leader. If I wanted, if I, and I was kind of fearless as a kid. Like I was yeah. jumping out of airplanes and, and, uh, you know, zip lining and having a good time with my friends and doing every drug that anyone ever offered me. So <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I think I was very lucky that, that, that energy was harnessed. So I knew that I had something strong as like a, a backbone and then I didn't have to go do all of the terrible things that I really wanted to do because I could just talk about it yeah. on stage. And so um, I, I think what it really could have gone awry had they not <laughs> had they not harnessed that energy into something productive for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just look back at growing up in Texas and think, God, it was hard for me. I just feel like it was hard for everybody that was. What part know, of Texas did you grow up in? Dallas area. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a, a I lived there town. for a little while. That's one. That Dallas is one of the few places you cannot be broke in. You know what I mean? Like you can have a good time almost anywhere if you're Austin, dude. You don't even need any money. Come on. You know, let's go. Let's go swipe some barbecue out of a trash can. Like I Maybe love Sixth Street. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's like there's gonna be musicians on the yeah. street. We don't need to do anything. Um, but Dallas was a little bougie for me. I felt like I couldn't do much except go to a park. Maybe <laughs> right know, when I was broke, it was very bougie. It was very yeah, yeah. very chichi to me. So I didn't used to I, always say yeah. Dallas is like L.A. but without the street cred. You know, like. <laughs> I get that. But it was it was very like um, there was a sophistication and a classiness to Dallas that did that made me feel like I wasn't part of it. Yeah. Where when I was in Austin, even Houston, like had a heartbeat to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's just I couldn't get a vibe on Dallas. Mm -hmm. I tried. I get it. I get it completely. Years. That's why I and, do not live there. <laughs> but I go back there and the people there are lovely. The food there is lovely. Now that I have money, I'm like, let's go. Let's go hit the Dallas. You know what I mean? But but back then, you know, yeah. right out of college and such, I taught at uh, Collin County Community College there in Plano. Oh, you did? That's yeah. why that's my alma mater. Oh, shut up. Yeah, I taught for Brad Baker, who was the I love Brad. Show. Uh, isn't this funny? I love him. He's he did so much for me. Yeah. He did so much to make me believe that this is really how I could make my living in the mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. uh, just a real supporter, a real encourager, and and one of the few theater professors I feel like in my experience that really had the chops to say anything to me. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, I feel like yeah. most of the, most of the theater professors I had, I'm like, okay, you know what I mean? Like you're a theater professor. You're not really doing this. You're not really saying anything that's inspiring to me, whatever. But Brad was so vibrant and so passionate about theater and so, yeah. uh, you know, well-versed in all of it and, and just really knew how to speak to me and mm -hmm. he had me teach for him for a year and I just learned so much doing that even though I am a terrible I mean I feel like my students loved me but I am I'm not gonna make a lesson plan I'm not gonna tell you what I'm about I don't have a curriculum I'm going yeah. in there and feeling what they need and doing it you know what I mean yeah well I was a terrible teacher even though I was a wonderful teacher <laughs> and I'm I'm kind of glad that I was bad at it because yeah. I didn't go into it as a yeah. as a vocation it was well, very rewarding, but also, yeah. I, I came out of like small town, Texas, and then landed there. 
And like in my town, we had like drama for one semester. And I was oh. I was the kid that was what like was the town. It's Salina. Oh yeah, I know where that North is. North of Frisco. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They loved me. I remember, I remember seeing the signs. <laughs> Yeah, you because know, when I'm in Texas, all I'm doing is looking for Buckies. That's all Amen. Yes. I want my hot dogs and I want my fudge and my ginormous drink and maybe some beaver nuggets. Bye bye. And then yes. I'm done. Then I'm done. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah, I okay. uh, I don't know if you know Kathy Lingo. I think she was there before you, and then she went to UTD. But uh, Brad and Kathy, and then Craig Erickson. Um, I just oh, felt like Craig Erickson. Man, you just took that back. He's a he's a he still there. That stuff. I don't know. I haven't I haven't been back in forever. I know. I wonder. I met Michael Yuri there. I mm. was the teacher. You know, he's on yeah. um everything. Mm -hmm. Michael Yuri. He was the the little gay boy on uh, Ugly Betty. Um, if you want to like reference out the thing he's probably most known for. But he's a fan. He ended up at Juilliard after yeah. doing two years with with Brad. I mean, just an incredible talent. And so I worked with him a lot there and we've remained friends and have done a couple of things together. I directed him in a in a production that we did there at uh, at the Quad C. So it was a it was a fantastic time. I got That's to work it. with incredibly talented people yeah. that really did end up being players in this business. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it, it was yeah. a really a really great experience. It was a place I knew that I could do things. <laughs> you know, like I felt like I like yeah. Anyway, um, I have to say, so I was walking my dog a couple weeks ago, and there's a bit that you do that lives in my brain rent free constantly. <laughs> Because I lived it at the same time you were living it, probably. And it's the cheese joke oh, that you talk yes. about. And I, as a fat kid. It's not a Texas, joke. It's a story. It's an it epic truth. I, I, my mother, every time she cleaned the, the living room, she'd pull the couch cushions out of the couch and all she would find would be cheese wrappers just stuffed in the couch. Like I would eat and I would bury it down. She would have to get, I mean, she'd be elbow deep under the cushions of the couch, like in the fold, you know what I mean? And yes. just scooping hundreds of cheese wrap. I, I, I still, to this day, <laughs> my, um, my girlfriend was just over and she said, um, why do you have this much cheese just loose in your, in your fridge? And I'm like, well, cause when I open the pack, I just stack them vertically in like a little Tupperware thing so that, you know, they're easy access. I love me some American cheese. I always have, I always will. It's very comforting to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that story that all of us who, are a little bit curvy. Uh -huh. um, no. And I just, yeah. I just like, I remember watching you for the first time uh, when I was living in LA and I sat there and I was like, how do we have the same life? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like that's the, but that's the, the thing about comedy is yeah. that, that, you know, you can, uh, I had those feelings when I, I used to watch, um, I watched a, uh, Sharon Houston, do you know her? Yeah. She she performs out here a lot. And she used to do a bit about her um, 
what her wedding was going to be like. Mm-hmm. And it's her, like, she just acts the whole thing out and she does like a runway thing. And she's like, and then explosion, Ex- you know, like all this, she just describes this wedding. And while I've never really thought about my own wedding, I saw that bit and I was like, I want to be this girl's best friend. Like yes. he gets me. We would understand each other. Like just the way she was talking about this, like, that's how what I do. I'm like, okay, here's what I picture. And I, you know, it's crazy. And so when she, I mean, this was a set that's probably 15 years old now, yeah. If, yeah. if not older, but I just knew by what, and when I finally did meet her, I was like, girl, you did this bit where you did this, where you described, and she was like, oh my God, that was so long ago. And I was like, I know, but it made me love you. Like, I can't believe I'm meeting you right now, you know? And, and she's just the nicest human and I adore her. And we, we've become friends, you know, since, but I knew when I saw her bit that like, me and her are going to connect. This is real. Mm-hmm. We're going to be friends. There was like this whole little gang of people, Sharon, you, um, all these Texans and like um, Southern Louisiana. People. Yeah, Southern yeah. people right there from that whole area that that when I was in L.A., it was all like, we just kind of clung together. And it was so fun to be like, let's have queso. <laughs> <laughs> Kids like, is, you know what's so funny is the, the only the the mexican the tech they don't have tex-mex here they nope. they go they go they go real mexican <laughs> which i get and i appreciate um but i just want ground meat in my taco i just want ground meat and like some shredded cheddar and like a little bit of lettuce and whatever salsa you've you've cooked up there in the back so um though there is this incredible um Susan Feniger, do you know who that is? She's a celebrity no. chef. She's oh, she's amazing. She and her um, business partner opened the Border Grill. Maybe you've heard of that. It's okay. a very famousy Mexican restaurant here. But she just opened a new restaurant called um, Socalo. Socalo. I don't know how you pronounce it, but girl, I had some chicken poblano enchiladas that made me, I'm talking about them. That's how, like, it's, yeah. a, it's, it was unreal. She did this Caesar salad with these little roasted tomatoes and these white uh, peppers in it. Unreal with this tamarind dressing. Unreal. This woman is killing it. And it's literally like five blocks from my house. <laughs> so I'm always like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because I really did have a trouble finding Mexican food I liked. Mm-hmm. And this mm-hmm. isn't the Mexican food I'm used to, girl. I need them to open an Uncle Julio's down here. Amen. Real, yes. real soon. Um, but I also have trouble finding good Chinese food here. All the good Fair. Chinese food is in Northern California, Southern California. They had one good place in the Valley that I used to love to go, and it shut down. So now I'm, I'm waiting for some good, some good, yummy, um, you know, because yeah. I got used to that good coast chinese food but you can get the best pad thai yes you can yes you can we got, we got the thai food locked down we the did sushi, but but forget about i love me an egg roll like one of those big they always do these little spring rolls out here that are in the wrong paper i want that big fat <laughs> new york egg roll it's like four dollars for one and it's like a log of cabbage that they've just wrapped up and fried that's what i want 
I want a my size egg roll, not a, yes. not a skinny girl spring roll. Not this little spring roll bullshit that's on the paper. No, no, no. That's not like funny. I want an egg roll that likes a sweater in the winter. Yes. <laughs> that's like, Something that when you dunk it in the sauce, it almost doesn't fit in the ramekin of yes. the sauce. And it pushes the sauce out and then you're leaving yes. it off your fingers. That's yes. 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 <laughs> What's on your wrists? Because I, I feel- also. I have alms on my wrist. Oh, there you go. I um, did my grandma's names. And then I have Kylie Minogue. Her name. Oh, of course you do. Why wouldn't of you? Of course, she's right behind me. And then, of course, yes. I was, um, I was having a really struggle time in LA, and uh-huh. um, I got my taxes back one one year. And I was like, I'm gonna get my nails done, or I'm gonna get a tattoo. And I got to like Santa Monica, and uh-huh. I was like. I'm going to Melrose and I'm getting a tattoo. So, uh, <laughs> and it says "Je suis une femme fort," which means I'm a strong woman in French. So, oh, that's on the well, other. I arm. would have known that. I speak a little bit of oh, yeah. français. Ooh, oui, oui, oui. That was the language they made me take um, as a child. So I can tell you that there's a dragon in my bed. I can tell you I want cheese. <laughs> I can tell you I want you to eat me slowly. There's a lot of like French. I need to know that phrase. <laughs> I'll text it to you. I'll yes. Text it to you. It's a good one. It's a good I one. I love it. Um, Go ahead. So the world set you up for comedy, but how did you actually get into it? Because 16 years old, that's... my. When I was 16, me and my friends drove to New Orleans from the small mm-hmm. town we lived in. We hooked up with our other New Orleans friends and our New Orleans friends were like, let's go to a bar. And we were 16. And I'm like, how are we going to get into a bar? And they're like, this is New Orleans. Watch. So we just walked into the bar, uh, ordered some drinks, sat down at a table, and there was a comedy open mic going on. And while every, while people were doing their jokes, I was to my friends like, you know, saying funnier things than what was going on on stage. And when my friend Susan got up to go get more drinks, she signed me up for the open mic and didn't tell me. So, you know, we're doing it. We're sitting there drinking. Ha ha ha. We're 16. And they call my name and I'm like, what? They're like, get up there. Do it. Do it. They all start clapping and cheering. You know, I have a group of like eight of my friends. And so I got up there and I told a story about being able to hear my parents have sex through the air conditioning vents in our Uh house. And it got huge laughs. And then I went home to my parents and I was like, I did stand-up comedy in New Orleans. You have to see it. You're not going to believe this. I'm really good at it. And so my parents drive me back to New Orleans the next weekend. And I sign up for this open mic. And I they, they were at this bar. They're at a bar with their 16-year-old. And I get up and I kill it again. And my dad used to always give me a piece of candy before I would go on stage. It was just like a little good luck. Here's like a Werther's, you know, he's an old Jewish guy. So he would give me this. And so the guy that went up on in front of me, uh, a kid who called himself Iron Man before, Uh I mean, this was a long time ago. So this was before we knew of Iron Man. Uh, And he, he went up there and he just, he made no sense. He was not funny. It was three minutes of like, oh my God, is this guy, what the hell? This guy's crazy maybe. Mm -hmm. So when I went up there right after him and it was like a tag team, so he introduces me. And so I pulled that little candy out of my pocket. I said, Iron Man, here's a Thorazine. Go crazy tonight, man. And everybody lost it. 
And I was just like, that was just an off the cuff thing that I just said. And my dad was like screaming and clapping, you know, because he felt like he'd contributed to this joke by giving me this Werther's that I then threw at this guy. So <laughs> it, was, it was like one of those moments where I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is clearly my calling. I will never not do this. And that's been true. I did it from that night on. Yeah. Do you ever have those times where you're like, why do I do this? Why? I'm just going to quit oh. for a minute. Well, I mean, I, you know, apparently what I needed was 16 months to myself to <laughs> sit down and reevaluate my entire life. Um, and I, you know, when I was right before the pandemic hit, I was, I was, I mean, I made, whew, I, I, I was on stage probably every night until March 8th. Mm. Like uh, I had a lot going on mm -hmm. and, um, and I had just had, uh, I had a cyst on my knee and I had just ha had this cyst drained and removed from my knee. And the doctor was like, you need to stay off of it. And I was like, mm, good luck. I got five days off and then I'm hitting the, the road again. So mm -hmm. it's probably not going to happen, doc. Like you got to tell me what to do to kind of move around, but still, you know, be mobile, but still, you know, let this knee heal. And then we got this note. Oh, hey, we're going to close everything down for two weeks, two weeks. That's all we need. Two weeks. We're going to eradicate a pandemic in two weeks. This is what this is the bullshit they were selling us. And so I was like, oh, that's perfect. I'll have two weeks off my leg and, blah. you know, I'm happy to say that my leg is fantastic. I even had the other knee uh, also had a cyst on it and also drained and, and both are doing fantastically well. I just did a 5k, but is that I needed time off. I mm -hmm. was burning my candle at both ends. I had done a lot of, just a lot of traveling and a lot of, and I was doing it all with this hurt knee. And so yeah. I was just like, you know, while I was on the road, I was like, dear God, please, I just want to sit at home. I just want to sit at home and order food. I want to sit at home and order food and watch everything on TV. That's all I want to do. Uh, so I, I feel like the pandemic was a little my fault. I, I was like, it's your fault. <laughs> I should have prayed. I should have been more specific with my prayers. Uh, but, but, um, but it's true. I needed that time off to sort of reevaluate to to get that that inspiration back, that passion back, that like. For the art form of what I do, like at some point it's a job, and you just start going through it like a routine, and and you're you're used to what you're saying, and you know where they're gonna laugh, and you're, you know, it's it's it gets rote. Yeah. That's just the truth of of the business when you're doing it that much. And so if you're not, you know, then then you have to um, you have to reassess things. And I did. I had 16 months to reevaluate it all, figure it all out. And I am I am very happy to say I am not doing one single joke that I was doing before the pandemic mm. because I have so much to say now. That's <laughs> so good. I don't need to rely on anything I've ever said before because this is this has like ignited such a, a passion and a, a fire in me about things that are going on, about things I want to be talking about. You know, yeah. what yeah. do you want to be talking about? Why would I waste time like we've seen we've seen what goes on when it's all bullshit you know what i mean and so yeah. what is the thing that i really want to be saying to the world what is the content i really want to be putting into play what do i think 
is worth my time and my energy mm. to speak about. And so, um, you know, it's a, it's, I don't think it's very different, but it's certainly more, um, I'm not scared to just let there be silence until I know there's going to be a big payoff. Right. Right. There's, yeah. I, I got this. I know what I'm doing. I know, ex I got to lure you in. I know exactly where I'm going to say this, you know, and I'm very lucky to have started traveling again. I started traveling probably in May. Mm -hmm. So, um, cause I got my vaccine really quickly. So I just had a third booster shot. I am not put it in me. Well, I'm jealous. <laughs> Jack me up on the stuff. Like I want the sauce. Give too many people touch me for me not to keep getting vaccinated. You know what I mean? Like, um, and I'm from the a standing south. appointment every month. I'm from the south. You know, they're like, we don't know what's in it. I'm like, bitch, you have fake boobs and you get a Botox injection once a week. What do you mean you don't know what's in it? Every the hot dog, bitch, you don't know what's in that either. Like, take your shot and move on. They're putting a chip in me. I hope they are. Do you know how often I get lost in Los Angeles, California? I would love to be able to call up and be like, Bill, is this Bill Gates? Wonderful. Bill, pull me up on the screen. I don't know where I am. I have taken a left turn at Albuquerque and I'm lost. I need some help. Please tell me. Activate the chip. Activate. I got the chip. Activate it. You know what I mean? Like, the, they... This is what I don't understand. You do have a chip in you, all of us do. It's this phone exactly. that you are keeping around with you in your pocket all the time. Yeah, they are tracking you, dumbass. It don't have nothing to do with this shot. They don't need to spend the extra money to put a chip inside of you when you carry one with you all the time. I had a, a girl say to me, you don't understand your people were never experimented on. And I said, girl, I'm a Jew. Would you like to say one more time that my people were never experimented? Come on, man. Nobody is trying to experiment on you. We're trying to end a pandemic, you know? And look, I know everybody's um, got a reason. Everybody's got, um, you know, their whatever. I'm sure that some of these reasons to not get vaccinated are perfectly valid. I don't want to tell you what to do, but I want to ask you to think about right. your reasons for not doing it. And are they really sound? Right. Right. Are, do they make sense to, mm -hmm. to people? Do they make sense to you? Like, come on, man. I, and are you, is your source of news Facebook? Right. <laughs> it is. If you're a source, if you say, I read an article and what you did was read a meme on Facebook, then uh, we need to clarify. Or the headline. I think that's the most dangerous thing that Donald Trump did is make everyone question facts. There are scientists telling you, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. I, Dr. Fauci tells me to do it. I'm doing it. I did not pay attention in science class. I don't care why things are the way they are. I'm perfectly happy with the answer. Magic. Mm -hmm. Jesus did it. That's why. I don't give a shit. I don't want to know. I know so much about how viruses replicate and, and what, what the mutations are. I don't want to know. I want to shake that shit out of my head so I can concentrate on being funny and doing mm -hmm. what I do. 
I don't want to know this. I know more about the election process and the impeachment process and the government process than I ever wanted to know, thanks to this moron. So, like, I'm just so, and I'm so, I have like a little twitch in my ass about if he runs again. Like, I can't do, I haven't watched CNN since January 20th. I turned Mm. it off. I had it on all the, I mean, I would wake up and t- my girl was like, what are you doing? Why would you turn on this toxic shit that's just mm-hmm. going to enrage you first thing in the morning? And it was because I felt like I needed to know what he was doing. What yeah. is this idiot doing? What are we not seeing? Because I felt so duped. Yeah. So it was very difficult to to get the, the support in, within myself to turn that off. Mm-hmm. To just say, this is, I cannot do this. I do not want to do this. This does not interest me. I can't. I have to feel, and thank God we, you know, turn that around. I mean, these people keep asking me, when are you coming to Texas? When are you coming to Texas? When are you coming to Texas? No time soon. No time soon. When y'all get a little thing. Y'all are going to be punished until you elect Beto as the governor and fix some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, Y'all got things to do. You don't need me and you don't deserve to laugh. <laughs> Y'all need to go fix yeah. what you have going on because this is, you know, this is the kind of slippery slope shit that we thought was going to go on that is now going on. And, yeah. and um, you know, while I hate to give him credit for anything, putting all those judges in place was a smart move on, on the part of the radical right. And mm. And we're going to be dealing with that for a while until one of these women realize that they're women and that they should not progress the white man's agenda. The white, cis, heterosexual, so they claim, uh, man's <laughs> agenda. Right? They're tapping their fucking yeah. feet under the, at the rest stop. Oh, you know, you know it. So it's and you know just, they're gonna be th- those those men that get somebody pregnant are gonna be the first people to take them to a an abortion oh clinic. Honey, in listen to me. Oklahoma I always or, said there was an old uh, Elaine Boozler used to say this. Mm-hmm. She said if if men could get pregnant, not only would abortion be legal, it would be government funded. Yep. I mean that's the that's truth. True. Yeah. This is this is an, just another way to um, control female bodies and it's yeah. not it's not going to happen you, you we were too connected to other you you could do this back in the Roe v Wade times because how were you going to connect to someone in another place to get this done what you you know an abortion yeah. or a a parental rights advocacy or whatever it is that you're trying to to you know make work and if they pass these laws there was you didn't what if you don't know somebody in another state? Whatever, you know? So now we're just so connected with other people. I think they're going to have a yeah. real hard time. I mean, there's a doctor in Texas now, like, touting that he's yeah. doing abortion. Yeah. Mm. I mean, this is, look, I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm not going to, oops, get pregnant. That's not going to happen to me. My girlfriend knows when to pull out. But this is, uh. but, uh, but I mean, this is, to say I mean, the same people saying you can't infringe on my rights and make me wear a mask are the same people saying, but we can, I mean, it, 
it's the hypocrisy is so very loud that it's, it's really so loud. Hard to see yeah. anything else. Yeah. You you are this is blatant. It, people that can't see that parallel are should should just shut up and stop talking and maybe go bury themselves in one of the Dakotas. <laughs> yes. I mean, at some point, it's like, look, if you want to be this conservative, if you want to run your life like the Tea Party and and have all these, go take the Dakota. Let's give them the Dakotas. They can have them. No one wants. Maybe Idaho too. Just give them some land. Not Montana. They can't take Montana because that's gorgeous. But the rest, the, they can take the Dakotas. Let's let them have it. Do your thing up there. Whatever it is, you know, it's a small enough space. We can probably make sure they're not doing anything terrible. But run your militias. Do your yeah. thing. Just there. Yeah. Amen. Piss on, piss on the deer. Whatever it is you do. <laughs> like, just don't keep trying to push it all on the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, what the 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 statistics on abortion are astounding. The people that are pro-choice. Look, if I if I were a straight person, I don't think abortion is is the choice I would make. But I don't know that. Mm -hmm. I could have some sort of violent sexual assault that resulted in a pregnancy that I just wouldn't want to to deal with. Whatever that is, whatever that reasoning is, I would never, even if I thought it wasn't for me, I would never tell another woman what to do with her body or her life. Yeah. And and the fact that these men are have no consequences. She didn't impregnate herself, you dumb son of a bitch. Exactly. So, so what are we doing to these men? Nothing. How about we start child support the day of conception? How about we do that? And let's see how this goes down for you, sir. I, I mean, love it. It's I I always say that if I had a uterus at birth, I would have I would have had a lot of abortions. Like I would have been like <laughs> Well, I always say if I could get people pregnant, I would have a lot of kids. <laughs> I always say that if I had been born with, with a penis, it would have I mm, I would have just spread my seed. What is in me to do? And but, I was like, mm, yeah, not going in that anytime yeah. soon. Yeah, so I'm just like, okay, we can <laughs> no, we don't have to do this. Oh, Jen Cober, it has been a pleasure spending this time with you. Thanks. I too have enjoyed it. You're a fun (laughs) friend. And of course, this is all we have for the podcast this week. Thanks for listening to the I Love Funny Women podcast. You can find us on all social media at I Love Funny Women and find us on YouTube as well. And this podcast is written by me. And me. And you can find me on all the socials at Dina Nina XO. I am Lalita D Comedy. D-double-E, Lalita D Comedy. Find Jen Kober on Instagram at Jen Kober. And our door girl, Greg, is on Instagram at Gigi Putter. And let me guess a little bit more about Krista Garner, our <laughs> announcer. You can find her on Instagram at Krista Garner. This is an Artemis Glow Studio production. In association with Crossover Media and AMG. Have a great week. Have a great week. <laughs>